0: Welcome to History of College Football Podcast. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss the 1971 college football season, culminating with the game of the century. My father was World War II vet, a Pearl Harbor survivor. He was in Schofield Barracks that day on December 7th, 1941, when just before 8 a.m., hundreds of Japanese fighter planes descended in a surprise attack. My father has my complete respect, but he had a disdain for sports. But on Thanksgiving Day 1971, he took the TV down from its upstairs location and placed it on the Thanksgiving Day table and allowed me to watch the Game of the Century during our Thanksgiving Day meal. He knew how important it was to me and to millions of others. Let's retrace that epic 1971 season to see the buildup of what was the Game of the century, arguably the greatest game ever played. Now, we'll start by following the AP poll for the first six weeks. Why? Well, we're going to see how the teams in the running for the national championship shuffled their way through the AP poll to get a better understanding of why this game is held in such reverence. The 1971 college football season preseason AP poll went like this. Number one was Notre Dame. Number two was Nebraska, followed by Texas, Michigan, USC, Auburn, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, number 10, Oklahoma, number 11, Ohio State, 12, Penn State, and Alabama sat at number 16. That week, Nebraska defeated Oregon, USC lost to number 16, Alabama, and LSU lost to an unranked Colorado team. So, the following poll, right before the second week of the season, Nebraska was now number one. They had switched places with Notre Dame. They were followed by Notre Dame, Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, and at number 10 was Oklahoma. They were followed by Georgia and Colorado, who the previous week had defeated number nine, LSU. So that week, Nebraska defeated Minnesota 35 to seven, Oklahoma defeated SMU 30 to nothing, and Colorado defeated Wyoming 56 to 13. Penn State, they're at number 14. So the September 20th poll looks something like this Nebraska at number one, followed by Notre Dame, Texas, Michigan, Auburn, Ohio State, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee and number 10 was now Colorado followed by number 11 Oklahoma and then number 12 Penn State the subsequent week Nebraska defeated Texas A&M 34 to 7 number 6 Ohio State and number 7 Arkansas both lost as did number 9 Tennessee Colorado defeated number 6 Ohio State and Oklahoma defeated Pittsburgh 55 to 29 so entering that September 27th poll Nebraska still was at number 1 Followed by Michigan, Texas, Notre Dame, Auburn, but Colorado had climbed up to number six by virtue of the fact that they had defeated number six, Ohio State. They were followed by Alabama, Oklahoma at number eight, and Penn State, number nine. The subsequent week, Nebraska defeated Utah State 42 to nine, Colorado defeated Kansas State 31 to 27, and Oklahoma defeated USC 33 20. So entering the October 4th poll, it was still Nebraska number one, Michigan two, Texas three. They held serve. But then the top 10 was shuffled. They were followed by Auburn, Colorado at number five, Alabama, Notre Dame, Oklahoma at number eight, and Penn State number nine. Now, Nebraska defeated Missouri, but Texas lost to number eight, Oklahoma. Colorado defeated Iowa State. And so entering the October 11th poll, once we got past number one, Nebraska, there was a reshuffling. Oklahoma, by virtue of defeating Texas number three, had jumped up to number two in the AP poll. They were followed by Michigan, Alabama, Auburn, and Colorado. Notre Dame lied at number seven, and Penn State languished at number nine. Well, the subsequent week, Nebraska defeated Kansas 55 to nothing. Oklahoma defeated number six, Colorado 45 to 17. That Oklahoma-Colorado game, Oklahoma set a school record with 670 yards, 498 yards rushing, 172 yards passing. And they defeated Colorado as Greg Pruitt rushed for 193 yards on 14 carries. That's 13.7 yards per carry. Their quarterback, Jack Mildren threw two touchdown passes of 54 and 48 yards. The result of this loss plummeted Colorado to number 11 the next week. Two weeks later, Nebraska then defeats a now number nine Colorado team 31 to 7. Nebraska's shut down defense limited Colorado to 63 yards rushing and 52 yards passing and route to a 31 to 7 defeat of Colorado. Now, what followed after that was this. Starting in week 7, both Nebraska and Oklahoma ran the table until Thanksgiving Day, holding serve, staying number 1 and number 2 in the AP poll. Nebraska number 1, Oklahoma number 2. Nebraska won by scores of 41 to 13, 31 to 7, 37 nothing, 44 17 to go 10 and 0 going into week 11. Oklahoma, well they won by scores of 75 to 28, 43 to 12, 20 to 3, 56 to 10 to go 9 and 0 going into week 11. Colorado, going into week 11, was sitting at number eight, nine and two, and had finished their regular season. So here we are, week 11, Thanksgiving Day, in a game that was promoted as the game of the century. So often you hear that this is the game of the century, and you start to wonder just how long the century really is. I mean, wasn't there just one a few years back? But this game, between these two classic teams, truly was the game of the century. And then it did the seemingly impossible. It lived up to the hype. It's really still palpable today watching the footage of the game. This was college football's version of Ali Frazier, the true battle of the heavyweights, and the game has stood the test of time. Let's set the stage. The game of the century, pitting number one versus number two, November 25th, 1971. Number one, Nebraska entered the game 10-0. Number two, Oklahoma entered the game 9-0. On Thanksgiving Day, was showtime. Number one, Nebraska. Number two, Oklahoma. The number one scoring offense, Oklahoma. 44.5 points per game and an NCAA record of 566 yards per game met the number two scoring defense. Nebraska had allowed just eight points per game. Playing at home in the first quarter, Oklahoma punted, and Cornhusker Johnny Rogers fielded the punt, returned it spectacularly for a 72-yard touchdown, one of the most iconic plays in the history of college football. Rogers had opened this 72-yard punt return as he caught the ball surrounded by six OU players. Pruitt hits Rogers with a devastating shot, but Rogers spins and takes it to the house. Nebraska ended up going up 14 to three, but Oklahoma stormed back. And in an up and down affair, Nebraska built the lead to 28 to 17. And now Oklahoma fought back in a furious rally and took a 31 to 28 lead late into the game. So Nebraska gets the ball the season on the line, trailing 31 to 28 with less than two minutes remaining. They faced a third and eight, and quarterback Jerry Tagge was forced out of the pocket and hits Johnny Rogers, who makes this sensational catch. Six plays later, with 138 left in the game, Jeff Kinney dives off tackle for his fourth touchdown of the game to give Nebraska a 35-31 lead. Final score, Nebraska 35, Oklahoma 31, November 25, 1971. Many who witnessed the game suggest that had Oklahoma had a little more time, they would have scored again. Oklahoma's quarterback, Jack Mildren that day threw for two touchdowns, rushed for two more. Nebraska's nose guard, Rich Glover, countered with 22 tackles. Epic. Well, following this game, Nebraska would finish their regular season defeating Hawaii 45-3, to so going into the bowl games, here is the AP poll. Nebraska 1, Alabama 2, Oklahoma 3, Michigan 4, Auburn 5, Georgia 6, and Colorado 7. Number 1, Nebraska defeats number 2, Alabama in the Orange Bowl. Number 3, Oklahoma defeats number 5, Auburn in the Sugar Bowl. And Michigan, who's at number 4 in the Rose Bowl, loses to Stanford. Now, Georgia was ranked number six and in the gator bowl they did win their game but number seven colorado in the blue bonnet bowl defeated number 15 houston the result at seasons end, ap poll looked just like this nebraska number one at 13 and zero, oklahoma number two at 11 and one and colorado number three at 10 and two the season's epitaph auburn's quarterback pat Sullivan won the heisman cornell's ed marinero came in second oklahoma's greg pruitt came third the maxwell award went to ed marinero and Nebraska's Larry Jacobson took home the Outland Trophy. Ed Marinaro did lead the nation with 1,881 yards on 356 carries, 5.3 yards per carry. Greg Pruitt led the nation in yards per carry, 1,665 yards on 178 attempts. Had he had as many rushing attempts as Ed Marinaro, he would have had 3,346 yards that season. Johnny Rogers, he was third in the nation in punt return average, 16.6 yards with three touchdowns. Oklahoma led the nation in scoring offense, 44.9 points per game. Nebraska was third, 39.1 points per game. Nebraska was third in the nation in scoring defense, 8.2 points per game. Oklahoma led the nation in rushing, 472.4 yards per game. Nebraska was second in rushing defense, 85.9 yards per game. History remembers the 1971 Nebraska Cornhuskers 13-0, as Bob Devaney's 1971 Cornhuskers decimated all their opponents, except for number 2 Oklahoma. That Thanksgiving Day masterpiece, the 35 to 31 victory over the Sooners, was coined the game of the century. They overwhelmed number two, Alabama, 38 to six in the Orange Bowl. And aside from the game of the century, no team got within 24 points of them all season, as they won by an average score of 37 to nine. Perhaps no team in history may have had a tougher schedule, as they beat number two, Oklahoma, number nine, Colorado, who ended up finishing number three in the final poll, and at the time, number two, Alabama. Wide receiver Johnny Rogers, well, from 1970 to 1972, he'll be remembered as leading the Cornhuskers to -to back-to-back national championships. He set an NCAA record of 5,586 all-purpose yards. That year, Johnny Rogers became the first receiver to win the Heisman Trophy and won the Walter Camp Award. In his career at Nebraska, Johnny Rogers set or shared 41 school records, including receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns in a season. As a punt returner, Rodgers accumulated 1525 yards as a kick returner he accumulated 847 yards Johnny Rodgers in the college football hall of fame history remembers the 1971 Oklahoma Sooners as 11 in 1 the team that finished number 2 in the final AP poll losing only once in the game of the century 35 to 31 to the eventual national champions Nebraska Cornhuskers coach Fairbanks 1971 team had perhaps the most explosive running game in the history of college football displaying a lethal wishbone attack that averaged an epic 472 yards per game, an unfathomable 6.6 yards per carry. Their two top rushers, Greg Pruitt and Jack Mildred, rushed for a combined 3,049 yards. The Sooners scored over 30 points in every game except for a 20-3 defeat of Missouri. The offense, they led the nation in scoring 44.5 points per game and yards per game 567. They earned a berth in the Sugar Bowl, where they defeated Auburn 40-22 to finish number two in the final AP poll. Now, one can make the argument, albeit controversial, the greatest team in the history of college football was the 71 Nebraska Cornhuskers. The second greatest team of all time could very well have been the 71 Oklahoma Sooners. Certainly, an easy argument could be made that they were the greatest one-loss team in the history of college football. As for running back Greg Pruitt, he played from 1970 to 1972. On October 23, 1971, Greg Pruitt rushed for 294 yards and only 19 attempts for 15 yards per carry in a 75-28 win over Kansas State. In 1971, Greg Pruitt rushed for an NCAA record of 9.4 yards per carry, was second in the nation in rushing with 1,665 yards. To put this number in perspective, the year Barry Sanders rushed for his record of 2,628 yards, well, he had 344 carries. If Greg Pruitt had 344 carries, he would have rushed for 3,234 yards, and that would have obliterated Sanders' record. In 1971, Greg Pruitt finished third in the Heisman Trophy balloting. He followed that campaign in 1972, finished second in the Heisman Trophy balloting. Greg Pruitt was a two-time consensus All-American, and he is in the College Football Hall of Fame. And as for history, remembering the 1971 Colorado Buffaloes 10 and 10-2, The 1971 team finished number three in the final AP poll. They had the misfortune of having on their schedule Nebraska and Oklahoma, who finished numbers one and two, respectively, meaning that the Big Eight had the number one, two, and three teams in the final AP poll that season. Thank you, Dad, for letting me watch the Game of the Century live on TV that Thanksgiving day. And thank you for listening to the History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.